I mean, you guys, we can't, we cannot read the label from inside the bottle. It is not possible. We are inside of the bottle. We don't know what it says on the outside. It is impossible to see ourselves the way that somebody who does not know us. And to go back to your first, when you were introducing me, that's why I can't be your therapist because I know you. So I'm in the bottle with you. So you're like, Hey, what does it say on the outside? And I'm like, I don't know. We're swimming inside. Like, Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 51 of the pod. How are you guys doing? I hope you're having an amazing week. Um, As you are listening to this, if you're listening to it the day it releases, I am currently on vacay, Um, soaking up the sun in the Bahamas on my first cruise. I've never been on a cruise before, you guys. So I guess follow my stories to figure out if I like it or not. Um, But I'm really excited and I am also so, so pumped to round out this month's theme and uh, just really diving into self-awareness with a topic that has been really important to me and that is therapy. And I would love to really empower you to come into this with an open mind, whether you currently do therapy or not. Um, because I know for me, I was so opposed to the idea of going to therapy. It was kind of like how opposed I was to any concept of doing any form of personal or self-development and reading books of that nature. Uh, when I, you know, like three years ago when I started my business, because I was like, well, I don't need that. Um, And for the longest time, I felt that way about therapy and also had had a few attempts in the past um, when I was going through uh, particularly traumatic times where I had, you know, tried to go to therapy and it was not a uh, what I would qualify as a positive experience for me. And so I really, really wanted to bring to light um, and talk about this as openly and candidly as possible with the person, the only person I could have ever imagined talking about this on the podcast with, and that is Rachel. Um, If you are not familiar with Rachel Wright and her incredible work with the Wright Wellness Center and just everything she does as a human, um, make sure that you, first of all, listen to this episode, but also um, give her a follow because she just is the best human on the planet. And she also happens to be one of my dearest friends. Um, We have, you know, met through this crazy world that is social media and have formed this incredible friendship. And also um, we work together um, and, and do courses together. And it's just been such a amazing light for me to have her insight from a mental health, from a, um, you know, sex and relationship standpoint in my own personal life. And I knew that we were going to be able to have a conversation that was really relatable. Um, she is not clinical at all in the way in which she approaches, um, 
this conversation or just life in general. And she is the most relatable human on the planet. Like we are so similar. And you are, if you have not already heard her on the podcast, I linked um, her previous episode on anxiety where we really, really deep dive into a lot of stuff there too. So be sure to listen to that episode as well if you have not already. But I'm so pumped to share this with you guys and for you to hear more about why therapy is so huge what it is not and what it is. And beyond that, um, <laughs> she shares some really, um, and, and I do as well, share some really uh, personal things on this episode, um, things that I didn't even know about her. Um, I shared something that I have been working on myself in therapy the past few weeks and did not expect to share that on the podcast, but you know what? It felt really right. And um, I'm really, really, really grateful that I have a such an amazing community where I can be myself and be vulnerable. And I hope that this empowers you to do the same. So without further ado, here is our end the stigma on therapy chat. Enjoy. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You guys, you guys for real. Uh, I know you've probably like, okay, she's an old hat. I've seen her on the podcast before. Like, why are you bringing her back? Because she's the best. And also because this month is dedicated to self-awareness and getting to know ourselves and we've done that with the Enneagram we've talked about bravery we've gone through what it's like to go on and off the birth control pill and how that can really illuminate a lot about our hormonal health but something that I really wanted to talk about on here that I feel like gets a bad rap all the time is therapy and as somebody who gave it a bad rap my hand is so fucking raised right now (laughs) um (laughs) I just felt like I didn't need that and, you know, I really like poo-pooed it for the longest time and I have been actively, I haven't talked about this online yet, you guys, this is like a big deal, Uh but I have been actively, you know, going to therapy since October of last year and it has been such a fucking huge win for me and I feel like so many things that I thought I had already uncovered or really, really figured out about myself. I'm like getting a whole new whirlwind. Um, and it's been so illuminating for getting to know myself better because yeah, it's just, it's such a powerful tool. And Rachel is not just one of my best friends and one of the most incredible resources about sex relationships and mental health, but she has spent her career as a therapist and has done the, you know, like literally going to a clinic and like sitting (laughs) with her clients to where she's at now with right wellness center where she, you know, does work with one-on-one clients. Um, so hundred percent, if you are looking for a therapist and you don't want to do the like in-person thing, reach out to Rachel cause she's amazeballs. I would work with her if she weren't my best friend. Cause that might be a little (laughs) bit of a problem. (laughs) Yeah. They kind of frown upon that. You know, not the best idea, (laughs) but, um, but you know, like, I I just love the way that you approach therapy and what you do with your clients is so amazing. And so I just want to like rip the bandaid off and talk about therapy because nobody does. And like, nobody talks about why it's important. Um, and so, yeah, let's just like dig the fuck in. So you guys already know Rachel, if you don't know Rachel, go back and listen to her episode past episodes. Um, I will link them in the show notes, but can you explain to me like, what about therapy really excited you about like being a practitioner for the like to get started in from your own like bit like from a business standpoint from a career standpoint yeah um, and like absolutely. why that was something that was appealing yeah well first of all thanks for having me back I love you no, and <laughs> everybody listening like 
I love this community. I, there is something so special about what Amanda has created. And I just want to kind of stroke your ego for a second, Amanda, because (laughs) no, it's really incredible there. You know, I get asked to come on a lot of podcasts and I don't say that to like toot my horn, but like you can toot your horn. It's okay. We're all about that here. (laughs) That's something I'm not good at doing, which is why I went to therapy. Ha ha. Met a conversation here. Um, the the community that you've created is so amazing. So when you were like, do you, can you come back on the podcast? I was like anything to talk to your people again. I love your people. So thank you (laughs) for listening. Yeah. You're amazing. Um, okay. So my, why I wanted to be a therapist, you know, it's so funny you asked me this question because I think it was last week I got asked this question in a way that I hadn't been asked before. And I had my own aha. And Mm. in that, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I love therapy. (laughs) Because when we talk things out loud, there is something that happens in our brain that just doesn't happen any other way. So I wanted to become a therapist for a couple of reasons. Um, Number one, I grew up doing theater. And what I realized in this interview last week is that when I became a therapist, it was for the same reasons I love doing theater. Mm -hmm. And it was because I got to step in to somebody else's emotional experience and feel what they feel Mm. and share that. Mm. And that was the first time I had put that together. And I was like, oh my goodness, my whole life makes so much more sense now. This is incredible. Can I just stop you for a second? Because I seriously consider going into therapy, like, and being <laughs> a therapist because of the same thing. Like, I, yes. I mean, obviously, you guys know, like, I'm an actor and obviously now coach, but like, holding space for someone else's thoughts and emotions and feelings is so it can be overwhelming at times, especially with, I know you are this like an empath and I know a lot of you guys listening are as well. Um, but like being able to do that was like my superpower. And so I was like, Oh, this is, this makes sense. Like I could totally be a therapist. (laughs) So that makes so much sense. And that's why I loved acting class. Like Mm -hmm. I also loved performing in the community and all of that. But I think that that's why we see so much overlap now in those Mm -hmm. communities in terms of, actors becoming coaches and, and vice versa. So that was kind of an aha, but a big thing for me was, so my parents shoved me into therapy when I was 14 and I say shoved because what 14 year old wants to fucking go to therapy? Yeah. Real life. Like, let's be real. Okay. (laughs) They, they found out that I had had sex with my long-term boyfriend and by long-term I do meet, we had been together for almost two years um, he was a lovely person. Wait, he was you were also, 14 and you had sex? I, I was. How did I not know this about you? <laughs> you didn't know this? No, I didn't. That's amazing. Yeah, I was really young. Oh my I was God. really young. And it's, it's so interesting because I look at like a 14-year-old today and I see a 14-year-old and I'm like, oh, I was that baby. I but know. I think back to what I felt mm. and I did not feel what I see as a 14 year old. And it it just reminds me that we're all so different, right? Like me at 14 was like, we have a running joke in my family. My brother jokes that I've been 35 my whole life and that I'm finally starting to almost like hit the age that I have been forever. Oh, I was the same person. All right. (laughs) Yeah. So I was, I was young and objectively speaking, you know, my parents were like, I don't know what's going on. And they found out that I had tried pot and had sex with my boyfriend. 
and I didn't tell them. And And they were like, something's wrong, (laughs) red flags, alarms going off, shove her into therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And at first I was like, okay, first of all, you read my diary. Not cool. Mm. Like not cool at all. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. They snuck into my room when I was out at a friend's house because my mom had this intuitive sense that I wasn't telling her something, which spoiler alert I wasn't because yeah. I was 14 well, almost of 15. course yeah right it was very normal and I was making really really good choices because of the education that they had given me mm-hmm. but, but they did not trust in that and that's okay mm-hmm. I, I have that's a whole other podcast yeah. episode but we'll get back to that another time I, exactly <laughs> talk about boundaries with parenting and all that but Seriously. they shoved me into therapy and I left my very first appointment, obviously was, went very begrudgingly, was not thrilled. Mm. I left my first appointment and I was like, holy shit, I want to do what that woman does. Mm. And it was the most understood I had ever felt in my entire life, entire life being almost 15 years. Yeah. No, but (laughs) But still like at that age, you're so, I mean, anything you experience that feels really impactful is going to really stick onto you. Oh yeah. I mean, it feels like the whole, your whole life is just this scope of this tiny little piece of it. And I left and my parents were like, oh my, you know, how was it? You know, what did she say? Are you not going to do this anymore? And I'm like, no, she said that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be developmentally. So if you have a problem with it, like you can go talk to her. (laughs) So sexy. Their faces were like drop mouths. Like (laughs) this is not what was supposed to happen. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. And I, I left and I was like, this is fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. She, she matched my language. She cursed with me. She talked about how fucked up it was that they read my diary, but we agreed that it came from this place of love and concern and how lucky I was to have parents that cared so much. And we agreed that I would go every week Mm -hmm. and Mind you, I had no idea that, of course, my parents wanted me to continue going and maybe hopefully change my behavior. Yeah. Um, They just wanted to make sure I was being safe. So fast forward two years, I'm still seeing her because I wanted to at this point. I loved it. It was like the highlight of my week. I'm like, I get to go talk to this woman. She reflects back my feelings. I get to, you know, get advice. Mm -hmm. Really, I wasn't getting advice, but that's what it feels like, which we can touch on. Yeah, we should. Um, And... I I continued going and then my parents told me that they were going to get divorced and I was 17. And I remember at that point thinking to myself, like, have you guys gone to therapy? Mm. Like, have you done this? So then they started seeing a therapist and they decided with their therapist that they were not going to be together anymore. Mm -hmm. And I watched them act more immature than I had ever been (laughs) in my relationship Mm. in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hmm. Okay. I wish I could help them. I think I want to help couples mm. do this. And that was my first indication that I wanted to not only help individuals be seen, but also help couples yeah. with things like that. Yeah. And I think that's something that it's so interesting. Cause I think a lot of like married couples, like I'm hello, I'm raising my hand, like married, you know, it's like that whole idea of going into couples therapy feels at least for me, it felt more, um, 
normal maybe than like doing one-on-one therapy because to me that felt like oh this is an issue with me like I have to go see a therapist Mm. because I have a problem that I have to fix instead of you know, like, oh, well, we're navigating something that's that's stressful or hard or like a season in our relationship that we just need another person to be able to really like ask the right questions instead of it being like, I need to go to therapy every week. And I think it's so interesting that at such a young age, you had a positive experience with therapy yes. because so many people I talked to who got, like you said, shoved into therapy at a young age for whatever reason have had very negative experiences uh-huh. with therapy. And so I think that that's such a gift that you were probably placed into a therapist's lap that was quite, well, not literally lap, you know, but you know what I'm saying, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Where like you felt seen and heard, like you said, and she was able to hold space because I, I mean, I even personally, like I've vetted, like my experience of going to therapy, Mm -hmm. like I met with therapists first and some of them I was like, I do not feel you like we do not vibe. And I think you have that initial experience and the whole concept completely goes to shit. So, Oh, 100%. And I'm so grateful. And looking back, I can, you know, say that that was clearly like the universe being like, Mm. you need to have this experience because this is what you're going to do with your life. Mm. So if we give you a negative first experience, you're totally fucked. Good, good luck getting back on that path. Um, but you're right as an adult, it has been incredibly challenging to find a therapist at the times that I've been looking to find somebody. And it's so interesting because we don't do this with other professions. Mm. Like if we go to an OBGYN that we don't like, we're just just like, okay, I'll find another OBGYN. We're not like, I am never getting an annual ever again. That's true. Yeah. That's so interesting. But with therapists, we're like, the whole thing's stupid. This is stupid. I'm done. It's all stupid. Well, but you know why? Because we've been taught that mental health isn't something that we should put any like time yep. into and that that's a waste of space. And so I yep. I mean, I, I know I did. Exactly. Right. Okay. So, so to, just in terms of therapy in general, like, why do you think there's a stigma around therapy about going? Because for me, that was like a huge thing. I was like, well, if I'm seeing a therapist, it means I've failed. That was the story I was telling myself. So why do you think that so many people feel that way? So there's two answers. And the first answer is insurance. And this is the fucked up part about all of this is Mm -hmm. that back in the day when therapy was first created, it was meant to be as you and I talk about it. It's meant to be a space to go, to process, to be seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And, And I mean, like back in the day, like Freud back in the day. Yeah. And then insurance companies came on the scene. And insurance companies said, okay, well, you're calling this a science. You're calling this mental health, which mm-hmm. by the way, psychology is still not considered a science in school. I have my BA. I well, have my bachelor's of weird. The arts. I have my MA, my master's of an art of psychology, not an MS, that's not so a BS. Bizarre. Yeah. So insurances came around and said, okay. If, if you want this to be considered the same thing as going to your, your OBGYN, to your primary care doctor, that's cool. They give people diagnoses. So you have to give people diagnoses if we're going to cover it. And so what did people do? Well, they didn't question it. Mm. They said, okay, cool. We'll start giving people these diagnoses. And that's how we'll get paid for being a therapist. And this goes back, I mean, literally, you can 
research when the first insurance company started doing this. Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening is that therapists are not business people. They're not taught how to run a practice as a small business. So they contract through insurance companies that send them clients and to get insurance to pay for your therapy, you have to have a mental health diagnosis out of the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. So that is why there is this societal stigma is because for a very long time, there was no in-between. Either you were not in therapy at all, Mm -hmm. or you were in therapy for a diagnosable mental illness. Yeah. There was no therapy for what we use, use it for today. Right. And that stuck. So it was, oh, okay, cool. You're, you have major depressive disorder. Oh, you're schizophrenic. Okay. You go to therapy. Mm-hmm. That's what therapy is for. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are having a bad day or, you know, are having internal negative self-talk. Get over it. Mm-hmm. That, that's what the advice was. Mm-hmm. And so we can see in our culture, what started happening was the media tried to make up for it. So magazines like Cosmo started putting out articles like, you know, being mean to yourself, like here's 12 sex positions that'll make you feel great. Because <laughs> that fixes that for that's sure. everything. <laughs> and as all of this research started happening more and more and more, of course, society started shifting and saying, oh, maybe there is a need for something in between nothing and you have schizophrenia and need yeah. to be checked into a mental hospital. So that is like the bigger societal reason why. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it also has to do with our culture and our families. Yeah. Right. If we grew up in a family where therapy is the norm, kind of like I did, it wasn't a big deal. I, I knew I did feel like I had done something wrong and I was being stuck in therapy, but I knew that my parents didn't think that there was something wrong with me. It was more of my behavior was troubling them, not I was troubled And that was an important distinction. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of families, it's taught, and this is cultural for a lot of people, that if you go to therapy, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And again, that just traces back to this whole insurance companies are the devil. I I hate them. Like so much, so much. I could go on an insurance rant forever. They're just the worst. (laughs) I mean, and, and you guys, it's so bad to the point where even if you have a diagnosable disorder. They will say, okay, Amanda, you have, let's say you had, um, I don't know, bipolar two. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like, obviously you don't, which is why I'm using the example. (laughs) So (laughs) Amanda has bipolar two. The insurance company will say, okay, well, we've never met Amanda, but according to the national average, bipolar two takes approximately 12 sessions to get better. So Amanda gets 12 sessions with a therapist and we need to see the notes from every single session to see what happened, what she said, and we need to keep record of this. And after 12 sessions, if she's not better, that's clearly her problem. Wow. So, and then she can pay out of pocket. Wow. So that's so interesting because I guess I didn't realize any of that. Like I didn't realize that it was so like kind of just like completely not out of personal? I don't know. Like it's so impersonal. So much of what I do is breaking free of like the diet culture. And that's what it feels like almost like you're doing, you know, it's like, but I never realized that before. It's like, okay, so like, here's this like cookie cutter approach 
of what we're going to prescribe to everybody because clearly we're all the same. And, <laughs> yes. um, and instead like you and I both are like saying, no, fuck this, like health, mental space, like let's create a very individualized approach to your particular needs because we are all different. Like exactly. Ugh. And this is the kicker. Those 12 sessions, your therapist, national average gets paid between 20 and $40 a session. Ew. Your therapist who went through years and years of school and hours and hours of licensing and exams Are get kidding? paid the same as or less than a manager of a restaurant. Yeah. That's so that is why so many therapists don't take insurance. But on the client side of things, it's so easy to say, oh, well, they don't accept my insurance. So they're just in it to make money. Right. And I, I'm not going to go to that person. Right. Sure. And it's so hard to have this conversation right over the phone. Like, how can you explain this to every person? You mm-hmm. did, I would just be having this conversation all day. For sure. Yeah. So, okay. So breaking free of that, let's say that like, somebody wants to find a therapist, whether it's Mm -hmm. you or find somebody locally, um, you know, like how do you go about even knowing where to start? I think that's where I was really stuck. Cause obviously like you were out. So I was like, well, fuck, um, (laughs) I'm going to try and find someone local. But then I was like, there's all these people who like cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy and the therapy. And I'm like, what are all the things? What do I need? Like if someone was just like, I, think I want to look into this more, but I'm not really sure where to even start. Like, what would you suggest? So the first thing I would suggest is to get clear on what you want. So what is it that you're looking for? Is it an outcome that you're looking for? Mm -hmm. Is it the actual process of just having the space and you're less concerned about the outcome? So example, when I was going through my own anxiety stuff, which if you haven't listened to that episode of the podcast, this podcast was the first episode or first podcast I ever shared that story on. It was very intense. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I was going through my own anxiety stuff, I was looking specifically for a therapist who worked with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Whereas there have been times where I have just wanted to make sure that I have a space to go to no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I'm far less concerned with what their specialty is and just more concerned about the fit. Yeah. No, that's a really good, um, a good reflection. Cause I know for me, when I first started, I was like, I'm two months out from my surgery. And Mm -hmm. I think that it would be a really important thing for me to have a space where I could talk to somebody who is well-versed in trauma because I'm literally about to go through that. And who focuses on anxiety because I was struggling with that and Mm -hmm. who just like I felt really comfortable like she's she she basically is like my mom. I'm obsessed with my therapist. I like (laughs) just want to be her best friend, but I know that's not kosher. Apparently, I just really love therapists. But she's like my Jew. She's like my Jewish like mother. She's she's like I love her so dearly. And I love that you say that because in in grad school, one of the first classes that we take is all around just like the process of psychotherapy. And that's what it's called, by the way. So for those of you listening, if you're like, but I'm not psycho, Mm -hmm. (laughs) psycho just means the brain. Mm-hmm. Right. So that that's all it means is like psychology is the study of the brain. Mm-hmm. Psychotherapy is just therapy for your brain. That's mm-hmm. all it means. It doesn't mean that you're psychotic. That's a totally different thing. But the the outcome of psychotherapy, 50 percent of it is based on the relationship between client and therapist. Mm. 
50%. So that therapist could literally be the least skilled clinician (laughs) in the entire world. Mm -hmm. And if you have a good connection and a good relationship, you're going to get better results than the most skilled person out there that you don't connect with at all. Well, because, and I would imagine, and correct me if, if I'm misspeaking, but at least from my personal experience, I have found that the connection piece allows me to be so much more vulnerable, so yes. much faster. And really what has surprised me most about therapy is that it's not about getting advice, right? As you said, but it's about mm-hmm. reflecting things and coming up with and, and learning about what I actually want and yes. like kind of pursing through the bullshit to yes. get to how I actually feel instead of telling myself how I feel or having other people tell me how I should feel, which is how I feel like I went through a lot of, you know, tumultuous things in my life. You know, you go to your best friends, you go to your parents, you go to your partner and you say like, I'm dealing with this. And they're like, okay, let me fix this for you. And here's what you should do. Whereas I feel like what has been so powerful about therapy for me, it's like, oh, that's interesting. How did that make you feel? Or the way, the way in which she reflects things to me, it's like, oh, duh. Like, of course, this is how I feel. And this is how I need to move forward. But I had never really thought about it that way. Or I had never taken the time with myself to ask those questions and like get clear on what I actually want. 100%. That is such an accurate representation. And I think, I think that the quote, yeah, gold star for you. (laughs) I think that the, if I had to like the, words today. The quote that I hear the most from my clients is, oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's the best. That's it. That's it. That like the most, the most, the thing I hear the most often, oh, and I did not say like, did you know Mm -hmm. that it, no, it's nothing like that. I will reflect back an error in something that I hear mm-hmm. in their words or something that doesn't align or just reflect it in a way that I know because of my training that their brain isn't seeing it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you guys, we can't, we cannot read the label from inside the bottle. Mm. It is not possible. We are inside of the bottle. We don't know what it says on the outside. It is impossible to see ourselves the way that somebody who does not know us and to go back to your first when you were introducing me, that's why I can't be your therapist Mm -hmm. because I know you. So I'm in the bottle with you. So you're like, hey, what does it say on the outside? And I'm like, I don't know. We're swimming inside. Yeah, (laughs) we chill (laughs) it. Yeah, exactly. So that that is the reason. It's not because there's some like weird money thing Mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's because we need that objectivity. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what a therapist brings is this neutral, um, some people call it a blank slate approach of they don't have stock in what happens in your life. Yes. They do not care as long as you are happy and feeling the way you want to feel. Yeah. And I think that's such an important distinction because I know so many people are like, well, I process with my friends or with my partner. And so what would a therapist bring to me? I know this was what I was thinking, at least like, Mm -hmm. what would a there, you know, I have people in my life that I can process with. I am so blessed with the support system that I can really be myself and be vulnerable with, but it's like, it's such a different relationship. It really is. 
Well, and when I hear that from people, you know, when I even went through this with Kyle, my husband, you know, when he was first looking for a therapist, he's like, but I have you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, thank you for that burden. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, I, lo- I, I love you. But th- do you realize what you're putting on me? Yeah. Like that. I-, I can't. I'm in the bottle with you. Yeah. It's I so can't- real. Yeah. That's like so, me like coaching, like health coaching my husband. It's like, no. Right. <laughs> the, he's like, like I, I don't want to do hear from you what portions to have. Like, yeah. fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, thank you. I want my rice. Don't Next. shove sweet potato down my throat. <laughs> real life. So yeah. real. <laughs> it's so true. And our family members too, our friends, our family. Yes, of course at the core, they want what's best for us, but they all have their own stuff. Mm -hmm. We all have our own baggage. And when I hear from people, you know, oh, well, I have my friends and family. What I really want to say, and I'll say this on here because I know it's a non-judgmental space is like, okay, cool. So like my eight years of education is just like fucking nothing then. Yeah. Like your friends and family totally had the same level. They did 3000 hours working at, you know, a drug clinic Mm -hmm. and with CPS And with all of these different, they totally know. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I'm saying that out of like a judgmental or hateful place. It's that I want the people who want to get support to get support. And so it's hard to hear them say, oh, well, I have my sister. Mm -hmm. Like, well, okay. Yeah. It's just, it's a different thing. And, And I think that, but I think that reflects their level of being willing to admit that they need to work on themselves because yes. it's a really scary thing for women and especially to say and step up and say, I am worth putting this time. Like I go to therapy yeah. every week for an hour and yeah. like the old me would have never put an hour to my mental health. Like, are you kidding me? Like even meditating for five minutes was like the craziest <laughs> thing on the planet to me. Like, how was I going to put in an hour into therapy, right? Um, and I know that you can relate if you are listening to this because, like, you're an overachiever who's super busy and constantly on the go. But it's, like, the most important thing we can do for ourselves is to put ourselves first and specifically put our mental health first because that's where the root of it all starts. And 100%. It's, it's like trying to take care of your health without healing your gut. Mm-hmm. Like your gut is the epicenter of everything. So if you're trying to cure something else, it's not going to work. This is it, why it our might... program is so important. Yes. <laughs> it's like putting a Band-Aid on a broken leg. Like you you can't yeah. do that. And I think to go to go back to what we were talking about before with the diagnoses versus like how do you know if if you're having any sort of impairment, And by that, I mean, like, if you are not doing the things you want to do, if you are having trouble doing the things you want to do or showing up in the way that you want to show up, if you are being held back and you feel as though it's coming from up here in your mind versus, you know, oh, my foot is swollen, so I can't can't go out and walk today. (laughs) And by the way, that could be caused by your mind. Mm. Psychosomatic symptoms are real. And that's how my anxiety used to show up. I got diagnosed with acid reflux before I got diagnosed with anxiety. Yeah, that's so interesting. I know so many people who are the same. Yeah, they literally, you guys, they did a freaking endoscopy. Oh my gosh. Talk about like insurance crazy. I spent so much money Mm -hmm. figuring out that there was essentially nothing wrong with me besides my anxiety. Mm -hmm. But they 
did an endoscopy, diagnosed me with GERD, put me on a prescription antacid that I did not need, but I was causing the acid reflux because of my anxiety. And a lot of people think that psychosomatic symptoms mean that they're not real. They think that they're in their head Mm. and that's not true. It's that your brain is actually creating the symptom. Mm. So yeah, your foot is swollen. You're my, in my case, I was having acid reflux. It wasn't a misdiagnosis, but the cause of it was not from my gut. The cause of it was from my anxiety. Yeah. That's so interesting. Ah, that's so good. So, okay. So if someone's listening to this and is like, okay, I think that therapy might be for me, but like, I'm not really sure. Like one, how do we know, (laughs) I -hmm. guess. And two, um, like what are some things you can expect when you walk into either therapist's office or like, if they were to like say, Hey, Rachel, like I would love to do some ther- a therapy package with you. Like what would, what would you expect showing up? I guess. Okay. So first and foremost, if you're not sure if you need it, you probably need it because if you're questioning whether or not it's a thing, that means that there's something there. Mm-hmm. What I want to offer to anybody in your community is a totally like non-committal free 20 to 30 minute call where I'm happy to chat with you. And if I hear things that are like, yes, Mm. go find somebody in your neighborhood in person. I will help you personally find somebody. I love doing that for me. She's the freaking best. (laughs) (laughs) I love doing that. I love you so much. (laughs) And if it's not something that you really need a person on, but it's like, Hey, I really think this book Mm -hmm. might be all that you need. Mm -hmm. I will totally say that. So anybody listening, if you're not sure, I want to offer that within this community only because otherwise time, you know, that's resources. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, you guys will like reach out because that's the greatest gift you can be given right now. (laughs) And I'm really happy to do it because I'm so passionate about this. And if you're, if you don't want to talk to me and you're like, I just want to Google it, just tell me what to Google. What I would put into Google is what you're experiencing. So, you know, negative self-talk or anxiety Mm -hmm. or body image issues, and then your city and then therapist. Mm -hmm. And that will help bring up people that have websites and you want to look for somebody ideally that does not take insurance because they are going above and beyond to serve you. They're not sitting back and saying, yes, I will diagnose you with whatever it takes to get you your eight sessions and then get you in and out. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want for you because I want you to be served in the best capacity. Mm -hmm. And if any therapist is listening that takes insurance, like, I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm I'm not shit talking. I just want what's best for everybody, including you. Stop making $20 an hour. Yeah, that's rough sauce. I did not realize that gnarly like go work it in and out it's better real life though Jesus, I know that's crazy yeah so what you can expect is gonna be different with every single therapist um what you can expect in general will be an introductory phone call which we call a consultation in the coaching world you may have heard it be called a sales call or an introductory call or a discovery call it's a consultation. Yeah. It's just it's, a way to figure out if it's right for you. Exactly. That's all it is, is it's a, it's to figure out what's going on and are we a good fit? Mm-hmm. That's what that call is. 
you do that. And then if it is a good fit, whether your first session is in person or virtual or on the phone, whatever it is, that first session is usually like a, a history collecting session. So I like to tell my clients that that session is the longest we will ever live in the past. Mm-hmm. We may reference it every now and again or say, hey, was there anything from before now that happened around this? We may dibble dabble, but there will be no other session where we stay in the past that much. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because we need to get, and we like as the practitioner, we need to understand you holistically. We need to understand how, you know, Amanda became Amanda today mm-hmm. and not just, oh, okay, this is Amanda today. I'm going to take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Because there are things that happened along the way that shaped us. For example, your surgery. Like if a therapist did not ask you your history and you did not have the opportunity to say, I found out that I was positive, like Mm -hmm. that is a huge part of your life that then when they're talking with you, they're not going to know and that's not going to help. Yeah. It's so interesting you say that. I I just going to pause you for a second because I've been dealing with a lot of that in therapy recently. And it's interesting because like we started there, but then I've been, so I talked about this very briefly on the podcast before, but not really a lot, but I have, um, a long history in my family. Like my grandmother spent three years in Auschwitz and was just like hid for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. And like our entire family didn't know that she was Jewish until she passed away. And she had like made this big, um, documentary and had been a part of it and like recorded her entire story. But like we had no concept and I've been really working through this cause I, and like realizing how much of that trauma has like passed down to me Yes, because I have spent so, I spent so much of my life hiding who I was and like being this person who was like dimming her light in order to like not show up in so many spaces. And it's something I'm like working through right now. So it's like, wow, that I'm sharing this with you guys, but you know, that's how I do. But like, it's, it's been a very, uh, eye opening journey the past few weeks of just like oh wow like this is really deeply rooted in how I have shown up my whole life and how interesting that something that I did not personally experience and yet is in my history and so deeply rooted to how I have identified Mm -hmm. um has impacted me and my personality so deeply um and the way that yeah. I show up in the world so deeply. So there is so much fucking truth to that. And I think that that is like, that is a world that I would have never, ever even known how to I- enter into without therapy. Well, and honestly, don't like, yeah, there's, there's this <laughs> quote that ah, I'm going to fuck it up. Cause I suck at remembering quotes exactly, <laughs> but it's like, don't ever go explore your mind alone. It's a dangerous place. Mm. Like, what's that? Isn't that a song called like Dangerous Minds? Am I crazy? Pro- right yeah, now? probably. Okay. I, I fuck this shit. If like, I was I cool, can't. I would have like a little play of that, but um, whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, cool, pause guys. it and like insert sound effect. Dangerous clip of song. <laughs> Don't think but that's yeah, like, goes. If, if you've never explored the scary thing that happened when you were a child or that one time that you were assaulted mm-hmm. in high school or college, don't go do that by yourself. Yeah. Like, please, please don't do it by yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that, that first session is really about collecting that data so that 
the therapist or, or even coach, if they're trained in trauma and things like that, has a touch point to go back to, to say, Hey, I remember you mentioned about your grandma. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Mm -hmm. Right. And if we don't have that first session to, to do that, it's really hard to have that touch point. And then moving forward, it's really based around what's going on for you. The way that I work, you know, and the way that I come into things is based on what the person's goal is and based on what they're coming in for. I say coming in, even though I'm all virtual now, cause yeah. I'm so used to still having an office. I'm yeah. like, when they yeah, come in into my Skype room, <laughs> yeah, in, into my phone earbuds, <laughs> when depending on why somebody's coming in, I will always have something in mind for the session mm -hmm. if they don't have something that they're bringing in. Mm, that's so, so my good. first question is always, what do you want to focus on today? Is there something that is on your mind or on your heart mm -hmm. that you want to focus on? And that is 100% their decision to make. Yeah. If they say, no, I, I don't know. I, my parents are making me be here or like, Whatever. I don't know. I, yeah. I heard on Amanda's podcast to go to therapy. So like, I'm here. here I am <laughs> like yeah. therapize me. <laughs> Then I will, I, I always have that in the back of my head mm -hmm. of what we would do if they don't. But typically I would say like 90% of the time at the beginning of the session, they're like, yes, I need to talk to you about this thing that happened with my part. Like yeah, there's something exactly. that is going on. Yeah. I love that. And I so appreciate you sharing like the intricacies of this because I really do like I stand behind this as somebody who has now experienced this for you know five months of my life like it is a true life changer and mm -hmm. obviously like I work with you and we do groups around all of this but I think the one-on-one -on -one or even the couple experience which is so huge um yeah like having a space to do that with people who get it and are like you and real like Rachel and Kyle are amazing and like if you don't follow Right Wildness Center if you don't if you're not a part of their membership like all of that's gonna be in the show notes for you guys because truly like what you are doing is so freaking transformational like I there's just nothing else like it on the planet and I stand behind everything you guys do and share and are, and I'm obsessed with you guys, obviously. Um, well, the feeling is mutual. So just like, thank you for putting this into the universe because it truly, truly changes lives. And I've seen it first and foremost in our group, but I also like, I see it all the time with like just the words you share. So thank you for talking about therapy so openly. Um, and yeah, I will obviously put all this in the show notes too, but if people want to like reach out and ask about this or maybe check out that, that consultation call or whatever you call it, um, yeah. like how can they do that? So literally any way you want, like <laughs> I try to make this as easy as possible because it is uncomfortable at the beginning. Mm -hmm. If you've never reached out to somebody before, I don't want to put you through like an intake form. Yeah. It's, it's just, like, don't know. Just no. DM her. <laughs> yeah, just, just slide into the DMs. Like, feel free to message me on Facebook or on Instagram or email me. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to rely so much on these social networks. I think that, you know, we had a couple weeks ago or whenever the hell it happened, Facebook and Instagram are down. And yeah. everyone was like, how do we how live, do I live? Right now? Yeah. Like, what do we do? Yeah. And I actually, the one thing that I really took away from it is that there are people who I communicate with solely on either Facebook Messenger yes. or DM. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh man, I could probably get their phone numbers. Like, yeah, that or, would probably be a good and thing. or like if you really resonate with someone's message, like get on their email list so that you can yeah. understand what's going on and like don't it, just be a sitting duck and hope that they're going to post on social media because it could go away tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So if you go to our website, rightwellnesscenter.com, um, you can get on our email list there, mm-hmm. and we do not send out like we don't barrage you with shit. Mm -hmm. We're not going to fill up your inbox and be like, come to 1800 free webinar. Like it's going to be great. (laughs) Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not going to do that. Um, but you can slide into my DMS. You can Facebook message me Mm -hmm. or shoot me an email. It's Rachel, which is R A C H E L the, the right way to to spell it. it. At, at rightwellnesscenter.com. Right. See? The right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Rachel. <laughs> right. <is> so funny. <laughs> Amazing. Um, you are the best. Is there anything that you feel like I totally fucked up and didn't ask and you're like, this is important to say about therapy, Amanda? God damn it. That's a really good question. No, you didn't fuck up, first of all. That's my first <laughs> response. There's no fucking up occurring. I'm trying to think if there's anything. I mean, there's so much. I could talk about this for literally like two days straight. There, there are so many little intricacies. I think what I would say just that I haven't said yet, which I've talked a lot. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm. Don't be afraid to feel stupid because I know I feel stupid when I'm reaching out to somebody to work with them or to even get information about what they do. Mm. And I feel like I'm going to ask the wrong thing. No like, such thing. Yeah. Like I, I, this happened just the other day. I was going to reach out to somebody and I was sitting there and I was watching the like typing bar on my phone, just blink back and forth. Yeah. yeah, And it was a DM on Instagram and Kyle's like, are you trying to date this person? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm like, no, I just want to know more about what they offer in their business. And he's Mm -hmm. like, well, obviously they want to hear from you. So just write them. them a message. Yeah. Yeah. And so even if you just send a message and say, heard you on Amanda's podcast, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Like that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to have this like eloquent, you know, oh, this is what I want to do and these are my goals and I want to do that like mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't need have to be, be put together. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. even if it's not me and you want to reach out to somebody else or this motivated you to, you know, call back a therapist that maybe you had talked to once or twice before, just know that there is no wrong way to reach out. Mm-hmm. And if that person makes you feel like it is, then that's not the person to not work a good with for fit. you. Totally. Love that. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your life and just everything that you are. I adore you so much. And like I said, all the stuff will be in the show notes for you guys. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you, Rachel, for coming on the podcast and sharing your heart and your realness with all of the Amazeballs audience. Um, I love you so much, and I love you guys so much. I really hope that this conversation illuminated some things for you and sparked something inside of you. I would love to hear in our Facebook group, do you go to therapy? Do you not go to therapy? Uh, let me know either in there or on my Instagram at Amanda Catherine Loy. And as always, all of the information we talked about on today's episode and all the show notes are at amandacatherineloy.com. That's Catherine with a K forward slash podcast forward slash 51. And if this episode resonated with you, share with a friend, share with your grandma, share it with your significant other. If maybe you're trying to convince them to go to therapy. <laughs> um, 
And um, for all of the amazeballs humans in this community, I am so grateful for you. And I am so pumped to continue this incredible journey that we are on together. Have an amazeballs rest of your week. And I will talk to you on the flip side. Bye-bye.